Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Our Lord and our Father, Lord, we thank you, we give you praise. We bless your name for a time like this. We want to say thank you for all that is your done. We thank you because you are God, you are the God of all the hearts, and we exalt your name. Father, we say let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. As we go, Lord, Father, we pray, Lord, that your grace will fill our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen, 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 in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We thank God for what God is doing. Um, just to let us know that our services for the next three Sundays will be broadcast only um, following the regulations of the government. Um, but our numbers, we can still be contacted um, and, you know, um, give support in terms of prayers and everything, just to, you know, if you need. But just to let you know that our services for now would be broadcast only. I would trust that God would see us through these times in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We were talking about revival and my heart has been, as in I have been, you know, the more we see things, the more I feel that the body of Christ needs revival than ever. We talked about this last time, that revival is, you know, when you bring in something to life. But we said that when we went through scriptures about two Sundays ago, or we, we said that revival is actually, yes, bringing something to life, but what is life? So, and the Bible defines God as life himself. When the Bible talks about, in Genesis, when the Bible talks about that when man, he said, if you eat of this, you shall surely die. It, although Adam was walking after he had the fruit, this departure from God, the separation between him and God is the definition of death. That is why when you read the book of Revelations, the Bible talks about something about the second death. Because death, according to the Bible, is separation from God. That is the ultimate death. That is the ultimate death. So we are looking at revival and we've been talking about the element of how God, because one of the things the Bible describes about the, the fire, what fire does is it purifies. Fire, one of the things that fire does is that you know, it separates things that are ungodly. And as we begin to read on, but as we look at whatever, when the Bible talks, each time you see there is fire descending from heaven. Fire does not descend from heaven, except there is a sacrifice. And the Bible understands it. Paul understood this. That's why when we go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, 
The Bible says, therefore, I urge you. That means I am begging you. Brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. So that means that one thing about sacrifice to God, sacrifice are not forced. There is no sacrifice that God will take that is he has to struggle to drag that sacrifice to the no because the, the the picture of it was Isaac in the scriptures and Abraham. Isaac was a young boy. Abraham was in his 90s. So can you imagine when a old man is telling a young boy to lie down and, the, and he, he will take up the knife and he's going to want to kill him. It was a picture of the fact that that's why when Jesus came, Jesus said, I lay down my life. He said, nobody forced me. I lay down my life. So one thing we first of all need to understand that the sacrifice that commands fire from heaven, it is not a sacrifice that is forced. So if you are still in the position of, you know, oh, God is still pushing me, God is, God is pulling me here and there, he's just, pulling, he's just hugging just you. He's just hugging me. I have not point, come to the point of sacrifice. Because sacrifice has to be, it is you that will offer yourself. Just like Isaac did, and he gave himself to his father. You remember he had the father, he had the father, where is the sacrifice? The father said, no, God will provide. Then the father had God, the father said, okay, let us mount the, uh, what's it called? You know, you know when, they build their, when they do the sacrifice, they build an altar. So the altar has been built, the wood has been laid, and the father said, yeah, lie down. And as weird as that seems, it is a picture of what Jesus would do. That the father will lay down the altar and Jesus will say, Father, not my will, but your will. So that was a picture of what Jesus was going to do. And in that same view, Paul is saying, I am hugging you, brothers and, brothers and sisters, that you would offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true and proper worship. So when you are talking about worship, we would get when we go when we get when you are talking about worship, the worship that does not connect from within, the worship that does not require a sacrificed life cannot provide a perfect worship before God. It can't. It may sound good. It may do a couple of things. But that for it to be pleasing and true. Let's when we go and see now when you I'm just gonna take it when you now talk about sacrifice, 
There's something that comes out of a sacrifice. You know, when a sacrifice is set on fire, what happens is that you begin to see the smoke coming out or the aroma going up to heaven. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 16 in verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 to 16. He said, but thanks to, thanks to God who always leads us from captive, um, leads us as a captive into Sorry, into the triumphant procession and uses us to spread an aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we know that we are to God a pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are being perished. He said, to, to the one, we are an aroma that brings death, and to the other, we are an aroma that brings life. So what he's saying is that when, when the sacrifice is going on, we will get to the point, but when the sacrifice is going on, an aroma, the, the essence is that when you, we as Christians, we have something inside, when the Holy Spirit is given to us, but until that, until that body is brought on sacrifice, the aroma will still be, it wouldn't be, you know, it, it, it would not, just like you are cooking something. The earlier verses to that in Romans chapter, um, sorry, um, uh, no, the, uh, later on, in Romans, sorry, St. Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 10, he said, but for God, who has said, let light shine out of darkness, has made his light shine in our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of, God, of God's glory and display in the face of God. He said, we have this treasure in a clay, in a jar of clay. What does jar of clay mean? What's talking about? In your mortal body, you have this treasure inside of you. The Bible says to show to show that all surpassing power is from God and not from us. So the Bible says that we have this treasure in our bodies. In our bodies. Now, so what God what brings God's intervention in an environment in a nation is when the, it is still the same procedure. A sacrifice is placed, fire descends, and the smoke or the aroma gets up to God and God places a blessing in that environment. You will see this even in the first time when we had it in, 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 in uh, what's it called, in, um, in the days of Noah, the, Genesis chapter 8. The Bible says that he says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, and he, he sacrificed a burnt offering on it. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. Please note that we, we talked about the aroma that comes from us. But notice the order the sacrifice first, 
Then the fire came. Then the aroma came. Then the Bible says that the Lord said in his heart, never again will I cause the ground because of human. Though, though every um, inclination of human heart is, or the human heart is evil from childhood. So what brought the covenant that the heart is still, no matter what the talent the world is going through, what brought that covenant to remain is sacrifice. A man brought sacrifice before God. A man brought sacrifice before God. And God now made a law that you and I begins up to today. People still, that is what you use. All, whatever technology, whatever things that you're doing, people say, sit time and have it shall never cease. Why? Because the Bible says, never again will I destroy all living creatures as I, as I adore. As long as the heart remains. Because of this sacrifice, as long as the heart remains, sit time Cold heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So each time you wake up every morning and you can count and say, you know, I'm going to plan my plan, my, my diary for tomorrow. I am going to, you know, uh, uh, each time the farmers can go to the farm and say, you know, I will have to sow this, and I know that in the next two months I will I will eat this. It is because of the sacrifice of Noah, that we enjoy. You will begin to see what we are talking about. Revival is, is God's intervention in an environment. And when revival sweeps a place, we discussed about the revivals that we've read about. And but now we are just talking about, you know, how does this happen? We'll see another intervention of God in First Chronicles, chapter twenty-one. This was when there was a plague, just like there is a plague on now. There was a, the, the Lord sent a plague on Israel, and seventy thousand men of Israel fell. That means in one day, seventy thousand men. Now, note that Bible says men. That means you cannot even count women. And the Bible sent an angel to destroy the to, to Jerusalem to destroy it. And it was destroying, and the Lord looked down. The Lord looked and relented of the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying, It is enough. Now restrain your hands. Then the angel of the Lord stood on the threshing floor of Oran and the, the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes, and he saw that angel standing between the heavens and the earth, having a sword drawn straight over Jerusalem. So David and the elders, clothed, uh, clothed, clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces, and they began to say, God, help us. God, please save our land. Like they are shouting today, God, see, there are so many destruction going on, and things like that. Now, let's go on, please. Then, let the, then, Let's go. Let's go. Previous verse was about sixteen. Okay. So, so what, 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 what we read there is basically David saw that that angel was standing. Then, in that scripture, when go on, please let's go to the next slide, to verse twenty-three. 
Now, what in between, sorry, I missed that out. But what happened in between is that the angel told David, he said, go and provide, a, a build an altar and provide a sacrifice. So when David went to a man, the man, because there's so much destruction, this man said to David, said, David, you can take the land, don't worry. You know, you can, you can, you, everything is yours. And verse 24, David said to Roy, no, but I will surely buy it for full price, for I will not for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer an offering which does not cost me anything. Why? Because when it comes to sacrifice, it has to cost you something. Please, I'm not talking about money here. When it comes to offering yourself as sacrifice, sacrifice is not what you just, you know, he said, I will not offer God something that does not cost me. Let's read on, please. Verse 25. So David gave Oran 600 shekels of gold and weight of, and the verse 26 talks about that David built an altar before the Lord and offered a burnt offering of, and of peace offering and, the, and called on the Lord and the Lord and the Lord answered from heaven by fire on the altar. Then, of course, what happened after then was that the, the disaster was averted. We see this over and over again in scriptures that when God is going to intervene in a place, a sacrifice is provided. We would read one and now we just kind of dive the move very close into that as we just um, wrap this much more closer. First Kings chapter 18. Now this is the story of Elijah and the prophet of Baal. And Elijah said that, you know, he said they should kill their animals, kill their own and call on their God and the God that answers by fire will be the right God. That's what we have in, in, in Second Kings 22 to 25. Let's go to the next slide, please. And he said, he said then, verse 24, he said, then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of, of the Lord. He said, he said and, and, the God, and the God who answers by fire is God. Then all the people answered and said, it is, it is well spoken. Now, these are days what brings revival is when people see the intervention of God in an environment. Intervention of God in an environment. Now, the Bible says, now Elijah said to the, to, to the prophet of Baal, choose your, your one bull amongst yourself and prepare it first, for, for you are many. And call on the name of your God and put no fire on that, on that. Let's, let's go on, please. So we just read, we don't need to read all what happened there. We know what happened. They called the fires and nothing happened. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. The first instance of calling for revival is to come, first of all, closer to God. 
and he said, and he repaired the altar that was broken. We spoke about an altar. What is an altar? An altar is a place where you call on God. I'm not talking about the physical altar now. It is your personal relationship. Person that is going to call fire from the call for revival. You cannot call on revival on a broken altar. The Bible says, and the altar of the Lord was the and, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. You know, altars are like altars are like um, you know in those days when they built their altars, it is built on, on stones. So over the period of time. Erosion begins to set in. You begin to then, before you know it, what I'm trying to point out to you is that an altar does not break down in one day. An altar breaks down gradually over a period of time. And Elijah was saying, see, before we start anything, we must make sure that we repair the altars first. So the body of Christ cannot be shouting for revival. If we are not first of all ready to repair the altars, what would we call altars? Altars are places where you talk to God, reveals himself, and you also bring yourself before God. It is a personal relationship with Christ. So the Bible says that, it says, it says the altar was, it now says that then Elijah took 12 stones according to the tribes of the, of, of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying I shall Israel shall be your name please notice this he took stones from every tribe as long as they were part of those that God has named the 12 tribes of Israel, when you look at the way some of them was born, some of them were born because of rivalry, some of them was born because of extra marital issues, some of them were born. What I'm trying to say is that when God is picking on revival, no matter how you found, how you came to this world, or whatever position of life you are in, as long as you come to the point where you are named by God, that is, as long as you have given your life to Christ, your past is not relevant to what God is about to do. That is why he said that, he said, he said, he said, whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be, he did not say Israel was, he said, Israel shall be your name. So you may have been born with, um, with all sorts of complications. You may have been born with, with um, you may have had different kind of issues. Maybe your whole story may be different of how you met Christ. God is saying, no, that stone is also needed. I need every stone. This stone is not, this altar that we are building, God is building. It's not the altar of those who were born on the altar of God alone. But the requirement is 
you have to be called, named by God himself. So that's why he said, you shall be named this. So that means that, you know, when you look at the names of the children of Israel, the tribes, some of them meant that because now God has finally caused me to slap because my my um, my other wife has been so they used to, those names when you look at the interpretations most of those names are are um, how do I put it now are, are basically so I don't have them here so I was, most of those names are just I most if you read the interpretation if you can get the interpretation of, of some of those names those names are are basically names to spite the other person. It wasn't names that, it wasn't, you know, it was like, ah, because you have been doing this to me. Now God has finally answered me. I don't know how Jacob was in that house. And his children were being used as, as, um, what's it called? As pawns. I, I discovered something and I'm not, please don't get me wrong. I, you know, it just kind of, Occurred to me recently how in scriptures most of all, let's say 90% of the children that was named, those names came to their mother, with their mother and angel. Even when an angel was going to speak to somebody about this is the name of the child, he's with the woman. I just, you know, I just find it interesting. <laughs> you know, I'll say it's the answer, you know. Yeah, but I just find it interesting. Please don't, don't go to it. It's just, just something that you might just think about. Just something I just, I was like, wait a minute. You know, when uh, Samson was going to be named, who was his mom? Uh-huh. Jesus. Jesus was his mom. Um, uh, what was it called? Moses. It was his mom. <laughs> you know, please, uh, God help us, Jesus. Let's quickly get that corner. Amen. Hallelujah. But it was, it's just something that just kind of, you know, interests me. Now, and I'm going to, as we just quickly pour across it. So he said, so that Elijah said, make sure that it is 12 stones. Then, then the, then the stones he built with the stones he built an altar. So that means that this altar is going to be built on human beings. The altar of God is not built on these stones are representation of human beings. So, and he said, and the name of the Lord shall built in the name of the Lord. And he said, he made trenches. Of, of the altar and poured enough, so he, he, he made he made he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two sets of seed. Let's go on, please. Then he put the wood in order and he cut the bulls in pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he filled four pots of water and poured it on the bone sacrifice. On, and on the wood. And he said, 
and he said, do it the second time. So it was four, it was eight pots, light pots of water. And when they did it the second time, he said to them, pour, the, pour it the third time. That makes it 12. So the water ran around the altar and it was and it was it was also filled. It also and it was also filled the trenches with water. So basically, it was not only the sacrifice that was filled with water, even the trenches were filled with water. Let's go on, please. And it came to pass at the time of the heat being sacrificed that it, that that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God of Israel and I am your servant and that I have done these things in your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that the people may know that you are the Lord, you, you, you are the Lord God, and you have turned back their hearts to you again. What revival does, it turns the heart of a nation back to God. Yes, ma'am. And. Go to the next slide. Yeah. Did, say, and then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the sacrifice, and the bones, and the and the wood and the stones and licked up the dust and uh, sorry and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trenches. It's interesting that when the fire was going to be sent, he went from the sacrifice to the wood and the, the, the stones. Then even the resistance against the fire, which is water, was consumed. What am I trying to point out to us is this. When revival actually breaks, even those things that we think are resistance will be swallowed up altogether. When revival finally breaks, even cultural issues that we think is an issue, because he said, pour the water there, let the water, because what is water? Water is basically to kill the fire. So he said that when this fire comes, it would not only take the sacrifice, it would lick up the water that was supposed to kill it. So when the spring, see, we may be concerned about, oh, you know, my child is, is going to school, I'm a big concerned of what they're going to be exposed to. When revival breaks, it will lick up the entire water. That, those things that are made to make the fire not burn, it would lick it up in the tiles. And that was what Jesus was meant to do. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 11 to did you want the names of them? Did you want the names of them? No, don't worry. No. You can give me one of them. Yes, a couple. Okay. Yeah. So this is Genesis chapter 13. I'm just looking at the names. Now, Rachel. 
um, Rachel said, God has, 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 um, God has vindicated me. And he has listened to my plea and he has given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. Basically, George. Because they were mocking her. So by the time she gave that boy Dan, he was like, ah. Each time I say, you know, when the day that they remember that they've done something wrong, or the day that I want, I say, Dan, come here. Do you have a lot of it? And Leah, the servant of Libra, bore a son, bore Jacob a son. And then Leah said, What's a good fortune? So she named him God, which means fortune. Why? Because she was a servant. Then you know, ah, God can also bless some of us here. Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say? And so when you just read all oh, there, oh that's why God said, okay, you know what? Every one of you, forget about the names your parents, your mothers gave you. When you read all their names, all true, every one of them, the Bible says that Leah said, now I am happy. Because what happens is after Leah, somebody gave back to that child. And so they were, most of the increase of the numbers of of the children of um, Jacob. Jacob was because someone said, Ah, you know, I shall go get my own. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, when you just people have that house, it's going to be like Jacob will probably regret that he married so many women <laughs> because it's just. I can imagine. Uh, girl, I don't want to think about it. But he says, Alia said, How happy I am. The woman will, uh, the women will call me happy. So she named him Asa, which means happy. So that's why God said, you know what, okay, all of you, <laughs> I only call you one name, Israel. So that's what I think. What am I trying to talk about? What we're trying to, what we're trying to say is that no matter where you are coming from, in this building of an altar. Go, please go to, get back to that um, uh, first Kings 18, please. It says, the, the Bible says, no, let's go on, please. It says, it says, it says, let it be known this day that no, let's go to um, 20. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, sorry, 30. He says that, then 20, 20, 31, sorry. He says, and Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of, of the sons of Jacob, whom the word has come and saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with these stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. So you have been using the altar to settle personal issues. So when you are going to build this one, this altar that we are talking about is not the altar to say, ah, God, remember that I am done. They, 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 these people have been, you know, they've been against me for years. Finally, no, God said, no, build the altar, make it one, for this altar shall be in my name. 
Hebrews chapter 10, C. Hebrews 13. The Bible says, now this is what they do, did to, to sacrifices. Once they, it says, the bodies of the animals of blood that were brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin were not taken outside and they will have to burn them. And that was what happened. He said, therefore, Jesus also might be sanctified, might be sanctified but, but, that, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, offered outside the gates. Therefore, let, let us go forth with him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. When we, we, we describe that every stone is needed to build an altar, we have said that a sacrifice cannot be forced. And a sacrifice is you live giving your life, submitting it to God for his purpose. And Acts chapter 2 verse 3 explains to us, shows us that when the fire came down in the book of Acts, it came on human beings. So that means that the sacrifice that God is requiring or for this revival that is building up are human beings. So when the fire comes upon us, when we surrender ourselves, a living sacrifice, only unacceptable, then 2 Corinthians, which you read earlier, chapter 14, of us, as um, uh, um, it says, it says, it, the Bible says, it says that it diffuses, it said, it said, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge. Another verse that we read that says, aroma of his knowledge. So when we are going, when, when you live your life, when we come to understand what a sacrifice is, that for fire to descend from heaven, God needs sacrifices. And the sacrifice that we are talking about is us as human beings. And as we begin to move from one place to another, we begin to, we begin to, 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 to pour out the fragrance the aroma of heaven begins to descend. Even those who are ungodly will begin to... That is what was happening when we talked about the, the, uh, the revival in the Welsh revival. That when the revival broke out, people in their houses, there was nobody left in prisons. Why? Because... Because this aroma, this fragrance, said we are fragrance unto God. We are fragrance to God. We are to God the fragrance of Christ. Among those who are being saved and among those who are, who are perishing. So when we are... When the sacrifice comes on us, you remind people, God, you know... What 
does fragrance look like? I said, how does fragrance go? Or an aroma. You know, you can be cooking something in a room. The pot that's actually been cooked is in a room. But people around will be smelling the aroma. That means that when revival hits, it may hit within the church. But the impact, the aroma, will be filling the houses everywhere. When revival hits the church, you may be praying to God for healing, to heal our land. But as the aroma begins to go forth, it begins to go into different houses, hospitals, and healing the sick. You do not physically need to carry the pot to every house. Because when the haroma is, is the, the sacrifice just needs to be in a place. That is why I believe that the lockdown is not a setback for the body of Christ. If only the sacrifice can stand, in whatever location the sacrifice is, the aroma of God will begin to fill the environment. What God demands of us in these times is a proper sacrifice. You can, but one thing you need to do is to start to check your own altar. Has it been faulty? There is no point crying for revival if your altar is broken. I saw this today. I've been reading this. You know, this is why we read scriptures over and over again. And you just you saw it. You see something? You know, I never saw it that way. Psalm 51, which is, you know, that's why I said, I will read this scripture every single time. Psalm 51. He said, you do not desire a sacrifice or else I will give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit a broken and a contract heart. This, oh God, you will not despise. So what he's saying is that the sacrifice actually starts from within. A broken heart. A heart that is not standing in pride against Christ. A, a heart that is laid down forsaking sin, presenting yourself a holy sacrifice before God. He said, this kind of sacrifice, God will not despise. Now, let's go to verse 18. You see what I'm trying to say when I said that. He said, please note that he said, God does not want sacrifice. He said, the sacrifice that matters is a broken spirit and a contract. He said, 
too good. Too good in your good pleasure to desire and build our walls again. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness. With burnt offering. I thought he said before that God is not interested in burnt offering. How come he starts saying now that with burnt offering? Because the first offering that was offered did not come from within. That is why he said, then. So after a broken spirit and a contrite heart, then your sacrifice before God is pleasing. And that is why until you have a broken heart, if you take your mind to, to offer sacrifice or praise before God, it is not acceptable. The one that is pleasing, first of all, comes from a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Say that, O oh Lord, you will not despise. We are talking about the Bible says, which we read earlier. Said, I hold you, brothers and sisters, that you present yourself a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. This is your true and reasonable from what you say. Worship. As we draw this to a close, see, in the Bible days, what was the fall, what was one of the issues of the children of Eden? The sacrifice that was given to God, the sacrifice that was given to God. They went to go and hit what was meant for God. Paul understood these things. When Paul said, let no man trouble me because I bear the mark of Christ. So when you become a living sacrifice for God, the first thing that comes is that that food is dedicated to God himself. There is a song that I came across. And I want you to see it that as we... Um, just the last one. It says... I have been offered to a deity. And now I am a living sacrifice. The life that I live is not mine. He says, Spirit consume. Consume. Consume me more and more. I have been offered to a date. 
And now I am a living sacrifice. You will not understand these things except you go to you, you come from Africa. When the food is offered to the gods, you dare not. You dare not come near it. In the, in the scriptures also, when the food is offered to God, when the sacrifice is offered to God, even the priests cannot eat the portion that is, that's, that's given to God. So when we say, I have been offered to a date, Basically, I am offered to God. Amen. I have been offered to a deity. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.